0: This is the One Verse Podcast, where we liberate scripture from religion one verse at a time. Welcome to the One Verse Podcast. I am Jeremy Myers. Today we're looking at Jonah 1, verses 10 through 12 in which Jonah teaches some very bad theology to the sailors. Uh, we're going to look at what uh, he says that is so wrong, and, and then sort of try to find an explanation for why he teaches such bad theology. And then we're going to conclude today's episode by seeing how a large segment of modern Christianity teaches pretty much the exact same bad theology that Jonah teaches. <laughs> so um, it's going to be quite an episode. None of us want to teach bad theology, right? And um, that's one of the reasons I've started to provide some online courses through my discipleship uh, section of my website. Uh, I have uh, two online Bible courses there right now. I'm mad at work, madly at work on a third. And um, these three courses, and more to come in the future, but these courses would teach you some of the most important things I've learned about Scripture and theology over the years. And uh, they're going to help you understand the church, the gospel, the world, yourself, uh, hundreds of tricky Bible passages. This course I'm working on now. Uh, each each lesson looks at several different texts from the Bible that people have uh, struggled with, and, and explains what they mean. Anyway, I'm a be about a week away from launching that third course. <laughs> Uh, I know I said that last week, but I ran into some uh, setbacks this 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 week. And uh, anyway, so hopefully a week from now, maybe two, <laughs> depending on how things go. And uh, the course looks at 52 key words of the gospel. And one of the lessons, in fact, I recorded this last week is 90 minutes long. Yeah, that's one lesson out of 52. It's an hour. Uh, that's just one. So uh, 50, I don't know how many hours total is going to be in that. It's going to be a monster course. Um, full of value. Now, normally that course runs $299, which in itself is a screaming deal when you figure normal seminary class costs about a thousand. But look, if you join my hope online discipleship uh, group, the hope one, then you can get the entire course plus everything else, all the other courses, uh, free eBooks and everything for only $9 a month. That's a screaming deal. Uh, anyway, uh, to learn more and join today, just go to redeeminggod.com join. Can't wait to see you there. Now let's turn to Jonah 1 verses 10 through 12 to see what terrible theology Jonah teaches to the sailors on the ship. So have you ever taught some bad theology to somebody else? <laughs> I have. Uh, sometimes I go back and look at some of the sermons I preached uh, when I was a pastor about 15 years ago. And I, I cringe sometimes at some of the things I taught back then. Uh, sometimes it makes me wonder if 15 years from now, I will be cringing at some of the things I'm teaching today. <laughs> um, but, uh, I, you know, if, if you're like me, then then you never purposefully teach anything wrong. I've never done that. I think most Bible teachers try their hardest to accurately present the truth of Scripture to others. I know that's true of myself. I study hard, read lots of books, listen to Bible teachers I respect, you know, study Greek and Hebrew. um, And uh, I I, I spend, boy, even on these podcasts, about 8 to 10 hours just doing research and preparation. Uh, Same with all my books, hundreds of hours for those. So, um, and these courses online, there's thousands of hours of research and study that goes into those. So I try hard. And I imagine if you're a Bible teacher, if you're a pastor, you do the same thing. In Jonah 1, 10 through 12, though, we see that in response to some of the questions from the sailors, Jonah teaches them some very, very bad theology about God. And the thing is, I also sort of think Jonah knew that what he was teaching them was wrong, and he didn't really care. So, you know, there's a bunch of questions that come from this. I mean, first of all, why would Jonah teach such terrible theology? And, you know, what was it he taught that was wrong? And what can we learn from that? So all this we're going to see in Jonah 1, verses 10-12. through We're going to see... Uh, also, that uh, his theology has something to say about our our own theology today. Anyway, uh, in, in Jonah one ten, then, uh, we'll start there. And in previous verses, just sort of back up a little bit, you know what's happening. There's a big storm that's come up on this ship. They're out in the sea. And uh, Jonah, It's they, they drew lots, found out that Jonah was guilty. So the uh, sailors played a little game of 20 questions with him to try to find out what's happening, why this storm has come upon them. And in, in verse 9, which we looked at in last episode, episode 70, Jonah basically says that uh, he serves Yahweh, who's the creator of all things, you know, the ruler of the wind, the waves, the sea, the dry land, all of that, and the, that God is out to get him. <laughs> and, uh, you know, base, Jonah's basic message was I fear God and you should too. And last week in, in the previous episode, I told you that. Um, you know, we talked about whether or not Jonah was right. I mean, first of all, even though he says he fears, fears God, it doesn't really look like he does. And, uh, and then this whole thing about the sailors, you know, you should do, fe- you know, he doesn't really specifically say you should fear God. But what he tells them is intended to strike the fear of God into their hearts. And so we talked uh, at length last episode about whether or not you and I should fear God. Anyway, if you have questions about that, just go back and listen to episode 70. Uh, but regardless, in verse 10, we see that Jonah's little sermon has the intended effect upon the sailors, and they become quite scared. The text says the men became extremely fearful. Uh, verse 5 said they were they were very afraid before because of the storm, uh, but now that they find out that God has sent this and God is out to basically destroy Jonah, then uh, they become really afraid now. You know, if if this is a storm sent by God, then these poor sailors—they're in the wrong place at the wrong time, and and they're going to be casualties simply because God is out to get Jonah. You know, they have no hope of surviving this storm. If Jonah—if what Jonah said is true—that he serves the most powerful Creator God in all the universe, who made everything that is, controls the wind, the waves, the storm, the dry land, the sea, everything, and he's out to get Jonah what chance do these sailors have so uh, you know they ask him how could you do this <laughs> you know why weren't you thinking about us you put us in harm's way too and you know really that's our question that we've been asking jonah really since verse three of chapter one how could jonah so blatantly and disobey god You know why, when God says go preach judgment against the Ninevites, your enemies, because I've seen their great evil. Why does Jonah head off in the opposite direction? And uh, you know their question, the, the sailors' question. It's it's this exclamation of shock and horror. You know how could you? What have you done? Why would you do this? Why would you insult God so blatantly? It's our question too. We just don't really understand yet, anyway why Jonah is doing what he's doing, okay? And uh, we we, we do see there, by the way, in the verse 10, that um, Jonah, they had a little more longer conversation, apparently, than what's recorded in verse 9, because it says, you know, and so because Jonah had told them that he's, that uh, Jonah had told them that he is fleeing the presence of the Lord, right? So anyway, uh, verse 11, their sailors sort of hope that there's still some chance for them to uh, survive this storm, uh, since Jonah is the cause of the wind and the waves, they say to him, you know, what What shall we do to you that the sea may be calm for us? And they, they say, look, if you brought this storm upon us, then maybe there's something we can do for you or do to you so that God's anger will cease and so the storm will go away. If, if God really controls the wind and the waves, then, then maybe is there something we can do that uh, will cause God to calm the wind and the waves? And and then the text says they're getting sort of desperate now because the sea was growing worse, more tempestuous, It's the word there. Uh, you know, they don't want to die. They're like you and me. Nobody wants to die, especially not for something that someone else has done. <laughs> so they're hoping, well, maybe, you know, if we, we can, we can, I don't know, whip you or I don't know what they're imagining, but they're imagining what can we do to you? It's sort of it's like, is there some sort of punishment we can do to you? Maybe, you know, if we punish you, beat you somehow, I don't know what. Uh, shave your head, you know, who knows what, uh, that uh, God's wrath will subside and the, and the wind and waves will die? That's what they want to know. Okay? And, and so now we come to Jonah's answer in verse 12. And this is where he gives them the worst theological answer to a theological question, probably in all of Scripture. At least one provided by a prophet. The worst, the worst answer provided by a prophet in the Bible, <laughs> right here in Jonah 1.12. Um, and you already know the story, okay, uh, what he's going to say. Yeah, you know what Jonah suggests. And so, I, again, I want just, just to just let the shock of it sort of roll over you. Just forget for a second that, that you know, especially if you have your Bible, just, just, you know, don't look at verse 12 right now. Just forget what Jonah tells the sailors, all right? Erase it from your mind. And now put yourself in Jonah's shoes, in Jonah's sandals, on that ship, and, and try to come up with what you would have said if you were Jonah. All right, so, uh, as we're doing this, uh, all right, you're a prophet, and God has asked you to go preach judgment upon your enemies, these evil Ninevites, people of Nineveh, and um, you don't want to. Instead, for, for some reason, you you head off the opposite direction. Instead of uh, getting on your camel... And heading east, you get on a ship and head west. And while you're on this ship, though, a big storm comes. Everybody's afraid for their lives. And then they find out that you are the one responsible, that this storm has come upon them because you are heading west instead of east, like God said. And so they come to you and say, oh, no, we don't want to die. What should we do? What should we do? How can we live? All right. What is your answer to them? The answer is quite simple, right? You say, you know what? It's my bad. Yes, I'm responsible. I'm sorry. I'm disobeying God. That's 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 the bottom line here. He wants me to go east, but you know, this ship I'm on, we're headed west. Listen, I think the storm will go away if we all agree, you know, the captains can agree here to simply just head back to port. You know, I know you guys are headed to Tarshish. You got, you had your goods, and boy, by the way, sorry about you, you throwing them all overboard. You probably didn't need to do that. But look, if we just—if we just agree that we're going to head back to Joppa, I think the storm will go away because that's where God wants me to go. He wants me to go back. You want? I, eventually, I got to go to Nineveh, but to get there, we just need to head back to port. You got to take me back to Joppa. We're headed west. Agree to head east. You know, back home, and uh, and, and and the the storm will calm down because that's where God wants me to go. <laughs> you do that, everything will be fine and that is the answer right that's what Jonah should have said i mean he just said in verse 9 that he fears god right and that means that he partly claims to obey god he has respectful obedience of god that he does what god says god is the the the, the ruler the creator the he controls the wind the sea the waves everything you know and and so look god's so powerful if we had Head back to Joppa. If we head east, God will calm the storm and we'll have smooth sailing from here on. And then, you know, you guys, when you drop me off there, look, just turn the boat back around and head toward Tarshish without me and th- things will be fine. You'll, you'll have a great voyage. It'll be good. <laughs> that is the answer Jonah should have given. Obviously, something shorter, but, but something like that, okay? And that's the answer you and I would give in this situation. But instead of saying any of this, What does Jonah say in verse 12? (laughs) He says, pick me up and hurl me into the sea. (laughs) And when we read that, we're supposed to sort of do a double take. We're supposed to go, wait, (laughs) what? How is this the solution? And really, Jonah's statement here is shocking, absolutely shocking in three ways. All right. So first, everybody on board knew that if Jonah gets tossed overboard, he's going to drown in this storm. I mean, they're out in the middle of the sea; the the waves are terrible. If he gets thrown overboard, he's going to drown. There, there, there's no two ways about it. All right. The sailors know this. In fact, they say that in the next couple verses, they ask God to forgive them for throwing this man, you know, this this prophet of his overboard. So they know for an absolute fact he's going to drown. And and the thing is, is, Jonah knows it too. All right, so, so Jonah's going to drown. Everybody knows it. So what Jonah is saying here is basically, kill me, kill me. Uh, it appears that Jonah would rather drown in the sea than obey God. And I've hinted at, hinted at this before, but we really see it right here in verse 12. For some reason, Jonah is on a suicide mission. For some reason, Jonah prefers death to obedience. And the question is why? Why would Jonah rather die than do what God said? It's really, it's a big prominent question in the text. Uh, And and it doesn't get answered until later. It does get answered eventually, but but not for um, a couple chapters. So we're just going to have to hold on to that question for a while, okay? Anyway, that's the first thing. Everybody knows Jonah's going to die. Jonah knows he's going to die. In fact, Jonah looks like he wants to die. All right. Uh, second though, and this sort of gets into the terrible theology Jonah's teaching these sailors about God, uh, and, and it's this that, that, that he's basically saying, look, if you throw me into the sea to my death, then uh God is going to calm the ocean. It'll be fine for you. You'll be you'll be fine. He just wants me. He he doesn't he doesn't want you. Um so uh and and throw me into the sea. Okay, so by teaching this, basically Jonah is saying that. By throwing him into the sea, they are giving him up to God, throwing him to God. And then what this does is it makes, makes God sort of uh, just a, just another sea God, a God of the sea. Now, in verse 9, he said he's the God of the sea, also the wind and the waves and the dry land and everything. But, but here he's basically saying, you know, God's in the sea and, and you can feed me to him. You can give me to him by throwing me into the sea. And uh, that way he'll take my life. He'll take me. And this is terrible theology about God, because what the, what the, the sailors heard, and I guarantee Jonah knew this, uh, all the other surrounding tribes and cultures and nations, they had sea gods, and basically Jonah was saying, yeah, God, Yahweh, he's just another one of these sea gods. Um, when when the, uh, in, in time of Hebrew slavery in Egypt, for example, the uh, Pharaoh, right, he, he commanded that all of the newborn Hebrew boys would be thrown into the Nile River, okay? Now, why did Pharaoh do this? It's not just because he wanted the babies to be to be killed. It's not the point. He could have sent soldiers around to do that. No, he was offering the baby boys, children, up as a human sacrifice to the God of the Nile River, the, the God that they worshipped, all right? Remember, when Pharaoh's daughter pulled Moses up out of the river, she said that Moses was a gift from the God. Well, the god from the river, the river god, sent it to her. Okay, uh, in in Canaan, where, where in fact, um, when the Israelites entered Canaan and during Judges, time of the Judges, the, the some of the surrounding Canaanites worshipped this god named Moloch. Now, Moloch was sort of this this uh, this fire god of sorts, and uh, people often offered up their children to Moloch. How? Well, they would build this huge fire. Uh, under Moloch, he had these sort of outstretched hands, and then when the hands turned red-hot from the flames, they would put their children on in his hands, offering them up to Moloch um, by placing their children in the fire. All right? Uh, Nebuchadnezzar did the same thing. He was going to offer, he, when he offered Abednego, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, to, up into the furnace, this was a way to offer them up to his god. Anyway, the point is, when the, Jonah, when he says... Throw me into the sea. He's basically saying, "Give me up to my God, and my God's in the sea. So you throw me into the sea. God's in there. He'll take me." <laughs> it's terrible theology. Okay, uh, God's not in the sea. God's everywhere, and Jonah knows it. He he simply wants to die, and uh, he knows he's going to die. Uh, but for him, for some reason, that's preferable than obeying God. All right, and, and really, this leads to sort of the third most shocking idea and this is maybe even the most shocking one of all you notice Jonah tells the sailors that they should pick him up and throw him into the sea I mean if Jonah wants to die why can't he just jump overboard himself right if that's really the point here why can't he just 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 launch the railing and, and be done with it so so he is sort of suicidal but in the, yet 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 at the same time, He's making the sailors do it. You know what he's going on here? He's telling the sailors, if you want to appease the wrath of God, you, sailors, need to practice human sacrifice by giving me up to God. That's what he's telling the sailors. Pick me up and throw me into the sea. Right? Therefore, commit human sacrifice. Kill me to appease the wrath of God. You know, Self-sacrifice is somewhat noble, I suppose, giving yourself up for somebody else. But human sacrifice, telling somebody to kill a human being, even if it's you, that's dirty and shameful. And by the way, the sailors know this. That's why, again, in verses 13 and 14, they are very hesitant to do what Jonah asks. And basically, they're only forced to because the sea becomes so rough. And they're scared for their lives. They don't want to do, they don't want to commit human sacrifice. Everybody knows, most people know that human sacrifice is, terrible, is a terrible evil. But that's what Jonah says will work. Pick me up, hurl me into the sea. I'll be killed and that will make God happy. Then the storm will end and you can go on your merry way. What is Jonah telling the sailors? He's telling them that the God of Israel, the God of the Hebrews, Yahweh, the creator of the universe, the God of the sea, sky, wind, waves, earth, land, everything, okay, that he, this God, can be appeased by human sacrifice. Do you see why this is such terrible theology that Jonah is teaching the sailors? Look, between verses 9 and verse 12, You take these two verses together where where Jonah says, just teaches some bad, bad, bad theology. Jonah is basically telling this to the sailors. Here's what he's saying. My God is vengeful and angry. I disobeyed him, and so he is out to destroy all of us uh, you know, well, me specifically, but you just happen to have the bad luck to be on board when he's when he going to kill me. You know, but my God, who lives in the sea, he can be appeased. How? With human sacrifice. So throw me into the sea so he can take my life and judge me as he sees fit. And if you do this, his wrath will be appeased and he will leave you alone. <laughs> That is what Jonah is telling these sailors. And look, it's not because Jonah believed it. Jonah's a prophet of God. He knew that what he was telling these sailors was flat out wrong. God doesn't want human sacrifice. He's never wanted human sacrifice. In fact, uh, God doesn't want sacrifice at all. He doesn't need or desire any sort of sacrifice, let alone human sacrifice. You know what? In fact, let's just make it even stronger. Uh, Human sacrifice is probably the worst human sin that there is. And Jonah is telling these sailors to commit this terrible sin, and if they do, his God will be appeased and the storm will go away. (laughs) This is chilling theology, terrible theology from Jonah. Basically, he's saying, my God can be appeased with you commit the worst sin imaginable, human sacrifice. There's nothing even remotely correct about what Jonah says. And worse than yet, that he's telling the sailors to sin in the most terrible way, and that this is what God wants. (laughs) Why, Jonah? (laughs) Why? Why would you say this? Well, we're going to see why in Jonah chapter 2. And then also in Jonah chapter 3, when Jonah goes to Nineveh. Uh, but again, for now, we just have another question that goes unanswered. Why would Jonah teach such terrible theology to these sailors? But, uh, you know, I, I'm raising these questions uh, for, for right now to, to help us examine our own life and, and really our own theology. Uh, Remember, we're on this journey with Jonah, so we want to make sure we see ourselves in this story as well. Have you ever stopped to consider what it is that we Christians sometimes teach the world about the death of Jesus? I mean, Easter's coming up. Listen to some of the things that you hear from the pulpits across our country this Easter season. I guarantee. It might not be your church, but some churches, you will hear something very, very similar to what Jonah tells the sailors here. God, or Jonah says, God is so angry at at sin, my sin, that the only thing that will appease him, that will satisfy his wrath, is human sacrifice. Now, we Christians, we shake our heads. We know that's wrong. God doesn't want human sacrifice. And yet, <laughs> and yet... We turn around and say exactly the same thing to the world, but we don't talk about human sacrifice, we talk about the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. Here's what we say. God is so offended at human sin that the only thing that will appease him and satisfy his wrath is if someone dies and that someone is Jesus. Jesus had to die as a human sacrifice to God in order to appease God's wrath and satisfy his anger towards sin. Only then will God forgive us. Only then will the storm calm and the winds and waves go away and we can have peace in our lives. Until then, the wrath of God is being poured out against sinful humanity. Do Do you see how sometimes our modern theology is exactly the same thing that Jonah is wrongfully teaching to these sailors? We we often teach, you know, this time of year, uh, you know, we might say, maybe someone will preach on Hebrews 9 or something, you know, the blood of bulls and goats could never take away sin. But the blood of Jesus, the sacrifice of Jesus. Why couldn't the blood of bulls and goats take away sin? Because they were just animals. What did God want? He needed the blood of his perfect son, a sinless human being without spot or blemish. And that is what Jesus. That is what God needed in order to satisfy his wrath towards sin. What are we saying? <laughs> we're saying the opposite of what we often claim to teach. We say... We, we say that God doesn't want human sacrifice, okay? And But then we turn around and say, but that's because God wanted the ultimate human sacrifice. And, and I submit to you that just as Jonah was teaching terrible theology to the sailors when he tells them that God wants human sacrifice to be satisfied, to be appeased, so also— We Christians teach terrible theology to the world when we say the same thing about the death of Jesus on the cross. But, Jeremy, Jesus did, in fact, die on the cross. Yes, yes, I know. It's true. I agree. He did die a sacrificial death. Yes, it's it's true. I mean, scriptures everywhere teach that Jesus died as a sacrificial death on the cross. Absolutely. Okay, are are you confused what I'm saying yet? You know? (laughs) Why did Jesus die on the cross if his death was not a human sacrifice to God? What was the point? What was he doing there? What did he accomplish? (sighs) The answer is, uh, actually, the answer is quite simple. But the explanation, because of all of the bad theology that's in Christianity today, the explanation takes quite a while. Uh once you see it though the the explanation is simple. And, and so let me try to briefly 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 give you the explanation. And then I'll tell you where you can get more information about it. Um the, the basic answer the real brief answer is that Jesus died on the cross not to appease God or placate his wrath or anything like that. No. No God has always loved us, always forgiven us for all our sins no matter what. It doesn't make me universalist, okay? It's, I don't have time to get into that or why not. Uh, but but, God has always loved all people he 's always forgiven all people for all their sins throughout all of time. okay so Jesus didn't die on the cross in order to buy forgiveness or earn god's love or, or allow God to be able to be close to us once again. Nothing like that okay no the the answer is why did Jesus die on the cross as as a sacrifice? The answer is to reveal that this is what we humans have been doing all along. It's, it's not God who wants human sacrifice. It's we who want it. We humans have been, and this is the basic revelation, basic truth in, in, in the entire Bible. We humans have been sacrificing each other since the foundation of the world. Remember, we looked at this when we studied Cain and Abel in Genesis chapter 4. Human sacrifice is the foundational human event, the foundational human sin. And, and without it, without this sacrifice, our civilization and culture could not exist. But it, it, So it, it accomplishes something for our culture, uh, but it's bad. It's sinful. It's evil. It's very, very, very wrong. And you say, oh, but Jeremy, we don't practice human sacrifice today. <laughs> yes, yes, we do. In fact, we do it almost every day. In one form or another. And guess what? The sacrifice of Jesus on the cross shows us how we do it and then calls us to stop it. That is why Jesus went to the cross to reveal the most basic, most prominent, the most fundamental and foundational, and the worst of all human sins possible, to reveal it to us and tell us to stop it i don't probably what i just said might have raised more questions than answers to you it especially if this is your first time hearing what i just said uh and honestly if if this really is the first time hearing what i just said do you probably um it, it just sounded maybe like heresy to you <laughs> um you know but but it's not it's it's the truth and god wants you to see the truth it's the truth all over the place in scripture God doesn't want human sacrifice of any kind, even the sacrifice of his own son, Jesus. Okay, And that's the truth of Scripture. That's the truth of the Gospels. That's the truth that Jesus came to reveal to us. Now look, uh, we're out of time. I, I know I probably just threw a big theological hand grenade into your mind. Yeah, Opened a can of worms, which uh, you're never going to put those worms back. I mean, look, if Jesus didn't die to appease the wrath of God, then why did he die? You know, what's about all those verses all over the Bible that, that say, you know, to talk about the blood of Jesus, the precious blood of Jesus, and all of that, you know, about why Jesus died and the sacrifice of Jesus so necessary? What, what, look, I know there's lots of questions. And if those are your questions, you're in luck. <laughs> I just finished writing a book on this entire topic. The title is Nothing But the Blood of Jesus. I've been talking about it for a couple of weeks now in these podcast episodes. also mention it online here and there. Uh, it should be out before Easter, hopefully in the next two weeks. And in it, I provide a careful and detailed explanation for everything I just said, okay? About why Jesus died on the cross, what this means for your life in theology. If, if you read that book, nothing but the blood of Jesus when it comes out, you will see just how wrong Jonah is here in verse 12 and how wrong we Christians are when we say that God needed the death of Jesus in order to love and forgive us for our sins. By the way, I also talk about this in my course that's coming out, The Gospel Dictionary. Uh, in fact, that book, Nothing But the Blood of Jesus, looks at five key terms and then a bunch of biblical passages related to those terms. Uh, guess where I got those five terms from? It is five of the terms that I look at in the Gospel Dictionary. Now, now the Gospel Dictionary has forty-seven others, <laughs> um, fifty-two total, but uh, it, it does look at those five. And uh, so, now the book looks at them in more detail than the course does. So you really are going to want to do both. The course has 52 total words. The book only has five. But the book looks more deeply and in more depth at those five than I do in the course. So if you really want to understand this entire topic, I, I highly recommend when the uh, book and the course comes out here in about two weeks, a week or two maybe, as um, soon as I can get them out basically, uh, get the book on Amazon and then join my discipleship group online at redeeminggod.com slash join and uh, that way you can really discover what Jesus did For us on the cross how it reveals to us the truth that god does not want human sacrifice and but we do and what jesus calls us to do in response this really is central to the gospel so essential that we know this for ourselves for our theology for understanding god scripture life and pretty much everything else anyway thank you so much for joining me today and i can't wait to see you here next week as we pick back up with our study in Jonah 1 verse 13 all right see you later